Welcome to Minority Corner. With an echo. And James. Learn, laugh, play. It's like Blue's Clues. Only it's more black, gay, and ladylike. Ooh, hello, lady. Just sultry ladies. Mm, she's just rub a dub dub in my tub of milk and honey. Okay. And feathers. This is getting gross. Uh, There's a. Ew, taking a dump? Oh, that's <laughs> <was> a sexy <laughs> noise. Not sexy enough? Harumph up. <laughs> the jury's out. Judges? Deliberate. This week on Minority Corner. Hey, lady love. I see you. Yeah, I see you too through the magic okay. of the internet. internet. So this week I am talking about how a Native American tribe all up in Nevada reclaimed their land from coal industries. Oh, dope. So it's like take back the land. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that we needed some inspiration because fucking Trump is planning on rolling back all the coal power plants and stuff. So we need to take an Take a page from their book. It's not going to take a pamphlet to remember this history. Aneke has you covered mm-hmm. this week. Looking more at than you, a Abraham Lincoln. Well, she's got more than a pamphlet. You're more than a pamphlet, Aneke. I feel more like more than a pamphlet. Pam- more than a pamphlet. I feel like that should be like your theme song. Like I love it. I'll walk into any party with that playing behind me. She's more than a pamphlet, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Who is she? Who is she? She's more than a pamphlet. More than a pamphlet. What about um, you? What are you um, talking about? What's on your pamphlet? On my pamphlet uh, corner, uh, this is inspired by I went to an off-Broadway production of Susan Laurie Parks's Venus, oh. uh, which is about, see where I'm going with this? Yes. Uh, which is about uh, the story of Sarah Bartman. And if you right. don't know who Sarah Bartman is, get ready, because we're going to say her name, an important part of history, yes. especially just how we view black women and her horrible story and horrible treatment, and yes. I want to make sure that everyone hears the story, and I want to talk about the production I saw as well. I love it. A little bit of art, a little bit of history, just keeping us classy AF. Who the, f- who the fuck? We're like the black NPR. I said it. I'll, I said I'll, it. I'll, I'll stamp it and approve it. We are BNPR. I bet we do not have the copyrights for that, but whatever. I know. We're going to be sued tomorrow, but maybe Bring not. It. Bring it. Bring <laughs> it. No such thing as bad publicity. Hey, as long as they're talking, as long as they're talking, because you're only as good as your last whatever. Whatever the sure. was. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't remember my quotes. Show me my meme. I think that right. might be close enough. All right. Close Shall enough. we go? Whatever. Girl, let's get in there. A five, six, seven, eight. <gasps> Play my going? track. Where to oh. be at? I ain't ready yet. Stop. Let me fix my hair. Bring the beat back. Oh, oh. <laughs> Aneke. Ooh, yes, that's my you name. Got, you, oh, okay. I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm here. Oh. I, I actually oh. just said it just for clarification. I was like, At this mm. point, we're on episode 78 and we're in a... Full on, close to fifteen year relationship now. I don't you know are how rounding many years. Up. I think it's twelve, but you are rounding up to the. New What's three years, <laughs> give or take? Once Fair you enough. become past ten, it all blends. It just doesn't even matter. And okay, yes. did you get your? Do you got your freakum dress on, or did you have your freakum dress on, or did Beyonce's oh. sister Solange no answer all these questions? So many. Did questions. Did Beyonce's sister Solange Knowles have her freakum dress on when you met her last week? Okay. It has happened. I you did met not, Solange. Oh. I mean, 
I hung she out with there. her in a room. With and you breathe the same oxygen a- as her. Here's the other thing. I may not have physically met her, but I made eye contact with her because I was damn near close to the stage. I was two people back from the stage. So I was up mm-hmm. there. She looked at me. She sang at me. Mm-hmm. Two, I met her keyboard player. I met okay. her bass player. And oh. I met her drummer. And they invited us back to the Mark Hopkins to hang out with them. Oh, Did my God. Go. You, but you, I just want to say this. You made all of the predict. Remember, we were talking about visualize and that yes. visualize your night, and you pretty mm-hmm. much damn near net it made it happen. You chose mm-hmm. to bow out gracefully, but you well, are now you were one degree of separation from Solange Knowles. So just oh, point it out completely. Like the next day, she was taking pictures with her band, like fancy art Solange, you know, beautiful pictures. And you were like, and "Hey, it's like, George." Yep, I was like, "I know half those people. I got the card from the keyboardist right now, and the drummer is following my friend on Instagram." So we made See? an impression. Done. A mission accomplished. Again, mm-hmm. for those of you guys who don't know what we're talking about, Aneke went to a fancy SF MoMA event yes. last week. San Francisco Mo- Modern Art Museum. Um, and we were we we're just, you know, the power of visualization and, mm-hmm. and law of attraction. And Neke was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get up in there. Can I tell you all about it real quick? I'll yeah, break it down. Up? Break it down. One. Break it down, break it down, down. You had to dress in monochromatic outfits, so I wore a beautiful crisp Army green ensemble, which a man in a top hat complimented me on. So that's well, that's how you know it's good. <laughs> when like, a man in a top hat when a man compliments in a top hat gives you a second class, you know you were doing something right. It's so well so done. True. Did he have you a monocle? No, but he did have a curly mustache. So, okay. Yeah. Yes! Still counts. Still counts. <laughs> That's like, you know, two extra points for you. Okay, so I was a big old trash bag this whole night, and there's a couple of reasons that I want to break down why I was a trash bag. Okay. First one. I right. did not drive because I knew my ass was going to be drinking because I knew there was going to be an open bar. Yes, yes, I had drinks in both of my hands many times during the night. You're not yeah. on trial. <laughs> You're not on yeah. trial. <laughs> yes, I screamed when I saw that there was a sushi bar and ran okay. up and down eating the sushi off the plates. Okay, good. Yes. Three. Um. Yeah, I might have teased the band about their red turtlenecks that they were wearing on stage. You know what? Someone's got to keep him humble. Someone's got to keep him humble, and I don't see why it wouldn't be you. That was my opening line. They were talking to my friends, and I walk up, and I was like, you guys took off your red turtlenecks because I was wasted. (laughs) And I get you and I have uh, a very interesting track record with meeting semi-famous people and saying the wrong thing the right things the right right things things. because people need to hear these things we can't be listen if you're a celebrity we're talking to you yes if you're listening and you're a celebrity we're gonna say something weird to you we're gonna say something weird because (laughs) we probably are feeling a little awkward and we're like just say the first thing that comes to your mind take off your turtleneck (laughs) I saw you took off your red turtlenecks. Mm. Also, this was in between a bite of cupcake and jello shot at the same time. Because, mm. you know. There was a lot of different food and beverage items at I was this so excited. monochromatic party. Of if course. you take me anywhere and you put a lot of food and booze on a table, I'm going to cram as much as I can into my mouth and pockets. Exactly. Oh, I hope you brought little plastic bags with you, little Ziploc bags. Your trash bag. That's why you dressed in the trash bag. So I you did. Could fit the food in your bag. Yeah. And also, not to mention, so they were like being cute and they're like jello shots, but it's a museum. So we're giving you a little paintbrush to like scoop the de- jello shots out of. I, I woke up the next morning with two paintbrushes <laughs> in my hair. 
Of course. Because you're like, gotta need this for later <laughs> to scoop out and more then another one. jello. <laughs> awesome. Well done. It was the best night ever. Like, literally the next day at work, I was driving to work and I almost threw up. Mm. I was like, That's how you know it's good. And then I That's got how you to know work. it was a good night. And I just, oh, no, I didn't. Thank goodness. Good I held you. my, I good held my shit in. But All I right. sat at the desk and I had to help like some students and they were at one of them was even like, Aneke, are you OK? <laughs> wow, like, you yes. know that's good. Yes, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm holding I'm together. Good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm not on trial. Back <laughs> off. Get your books and go. If anybody, you guys know how I feel right now. So, <laughs> yeah, Woo. you should just get that look and just be like, you know, what's up? you know, you're in college. You know this phase. I know what you're doing. Well, that is awesome. I'm glad that you had a great time. Mm. I um, went to a fancy, uh, well, not really a fancy event. I just went to an exclusive event. You went to a <laughs> premiere, baby. It was a private screening. So oh, I went excuse. to a private <laughs> Different. There's less red carpet, less glitz, less glam. But uh, more but went- mystery and exclusiveness. Which is equally as great. So I went to a private screening uh, of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So It good. was for only Marvel people who work at Marvel Entertainment. Um, Which we so- all know that you now work for Marvel Entertainment. Yes. So I work, I do an online show uh, called Thwip. I'm like a co-host correspondent for Thwip, the big Marvel show. And then I fill in for mm-hmm. uh, Lorraine and some of the other, uh, she's one of the co-hosts for Thwip. She was out of the actual Guardians of the Galaxy premiere in LA. Oh. So I had to fill in for her for the Marvel Minute, which is an online uh, hosting little show there. As I well. watched it. I felt like the new kid halfway through a semester at school when I got to like yeah. the screening because there's like hundreds and hundreds of like Marvel people and there's like yeah. the people who work in like comics and the people that work oh. in like digital stuff and you can oh, just sort of like and cool. I had to find my little like production team or whatnot. Nice. My team is really dope and really cool. Um, I won't say anything about the movie because I don't want to be fired. So. <laughs> You know, they got the Marvel contracts on lock. I know, but good thing that they only gave you a couple of days, too. That would have been fucked up if they're like, January, come watch it. Now just sit yeah. on it for hella months. Like, mm, uh, <laughs> I'm excited for everyone to get to see it, and then I'm excited for you to see it, because there's something, some things I'd like to discuss with you. Oh, you know that we it. always we always got to talk about the comic books, heroes, movies. But one thing I do want to address, and I... Uh, I I didn't realize it was already coming out, but uh, Dear White mm-hmm. People just came out on Netflix. TV um, show based off of the movie. Based off the movie. Uh, so the movie, Aneka, you and I went to go see Dear White People, the movie, when it came out. We saw it together. Yes. And I remember watching it, and it's so interesting because I'm not going to give any spoilers or anything. Everybody, please watch. The, sh- I the movie was please. excellent. I really enjoyed the, the movie. The TV show is blowing my fucking mind. Better it's, than the movie? better than the movie because I remember watching the movie and it's interesting because watching this TV show in a Trump world because Um, the TV show mm -hmm. they finished filming it the day of the election oh shit and so it's so interesting because watching it now, it's even more relevant than ever. Because I feel like mm. when Dear White People first came out, because we were still in this like Barack Obama neoliberalism, mm-hmm. that people could kind of nitpick our, like, I would say, quote unquote allies or white folks or non-black folks or people who... They could nitpick the our conversation about race and how uh, we were talking about it, right? Right. You know? Yeah, I feel like there was definitely more of a... Oh, God. Yeah, I think nitpick is a good way to describe it. They would 
And now that conversation has shut the shut the fuck down. And I am yeah. so grateful. They're just like, whoops, sorry, I'm just gonna shut the fuck up. Sorry about Trump. Whoop. Like, no one's saying anything. I can put I anything know. on Facebook now or about racism, and I don't have anybody from like my circle saying, well, maybe you shouldn't alienate some. Not in my circle. <laughs> they like shut that shit down. And so I feel like this show is even it's so interesting how it's even that much more powerful. And mm-hmm. I remember when you and I were watching it, mm-hmm. the characters in Dear White People, the movie, are so interesting that it left you wanting more. Yeah, you, you definitely realize, wanted to follow them. And the TV show picks up right where the movie left off, and you yeah. explore this world and these characters in so much more. Ooh. And everything's up for grabs. Like, because it's also satire. Yes, it's yeah. also drama. Yeah. And, you know, that even, like, you get to see such, like, a diverse group of young black people that when you watch right. it, you're going to be like, hey, this is, like, how, like, me and James talk. Like, Oh, I love it! Oh, good. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm home when but I watch James. this. When I watch the show, yeah. There's no Tessa Thompson in it, though. How does that okay. lead? I love a She's Tessa good. Thompson. I love Let a Tessa, Tessa Thompson. You know what? Let Tessa go be Valkyria in the new Thor Ragnarok. Let her go be the love and She's moved okay. on. She's and doing shit. New, She's doing shit. And this new girl on yeah. point. She, She's good. She makes you not like forget. She makes it her own. And those okay. are very big shoes to fill in. Yeah, because I love act- me a Tessa Thompson. This actress makes me feel like she could step in and, and replace Scarlett Johansson in every role that Scarlett Johansson has ever done. Oh, so she's there's, like a, sm- a smoky-voiced vixen? Yeah. There's something <laughs> about her. So you watch out for this this new okay. lead actress. And, like, right. the drama is gripping. I feel like I'm, I'm watching, like... And it, and it also, it's sort of, like, so self-referential. You know, mm. they'll be like, oh, I feel like I'm... It's, like, aware of itself sometimes. Okay. There's a scandal spoof. Oh, it is, I love it. It just talks about everything. I feel like it, like it's really capitalized the zeitgeist of our, our culture. And the writing is so compelling, too, that it yeah. remi- it's like, you know, when you think about things like Movie Friday or even like Clueless or, mm-hmm. you know, Buffy, like the, 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 the dialogue is so good because it reminds you of like, this is how me and my friends talk. This is the conversations that we're having where mm-hmm. they're able to also have fun, be mm. light, be silly, be intense because all the racial shit that's happening. And mm-hmm. also talks about like how can you still live that carefree life and also still be politically active as well? So I it's love just, it. I can't wait to watch it. I'm going to watch it. The, it's on Netflix, right? The drama right? is so good. It's on Netflix. It is just so fucking awesome. So because highly you know, recommend. Like, a lot of times when a movie is made into a TV show, it could go either way. So I'm so yeah. glad. One, it was a good sign that the same creator and writer who did the movie is doing the TV show. And, and two then, of the actors came back, too. That's what I always think is a little weird when they're like... Hey, remember us from the movie? But pretend these you know, other people are the same. But you know what? By the time you get to like the third or fourth episode, you've fallen completely into this world. And like okay, you, good. you just buy everyone's rendition of the characters and it just really Ooh, becomes. I got so I, many shows to watch then because I, I was. Hmm. I, I just I can't wait to be on season three of Dear White People. Oh, okay, good. Well, I'm going to be watching I'm, that. I'm currently let's... watching American Gods. Highly recommend. I read the book. It's good. And then Handmaiden's Tale. I haven't watched that yet, but, you know, that's on my list, too. It's far off my queue. I just, I don't know. Like, you did not sell it to me last week, so. Did I try to sell it to you last week? You did not do a good job, so I hope you were not, because James is not sold. You talked about it. You undercut it a little bit. Oh, I did. Uh, I mean, I want to see it because they took a different route. They got Mm What's-Her-Face from, I'm glad Pusey has some work, Samura Wiley. Yeah, I just. But um, you know what? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll you see. you take the bait and you let me know. Um, yeah, I'll report back. 
Also, um, big shot, big out. I want to give a round of applause to uh, Ashton Nicole Black, uh, mm. who was on the show not too long ago. She's one of the writers for uh, Full Frontal. They yeah. did the not the White House correspondent dinner. I watched did you it watch this past it? weekend. Mm-hmm. It's was on, it good? You can find it. You can find it online. It's like an exact longer version of, I feel like, the Full Frontal show. Um, mm, very so good. And it just, yeah. I feel like, you know, they really, you know, the press is such an important integral part of our democracy. It's like the, you know, fourth yeah. branch of our democracy. And it's like, you know, we're very privileged that we have a free press. It yes. is very important. Like, I mean, I think only 14 countries have a free press or something. Not to mention Trump is trying to literally shut it down right now. He is trying right. to sign an executive order that's going to limit our free press. So Yeah. So I think like I think it's really dope that Samantha B and her crew and folks um led the charge to have this correspondence uh dinner and that I mean the huge you know so many people came and and yeah. it was just really dope. And it's also like you'll watch it and you also just like learn so much too. And they oh, also like it. They take the task, everyone. They take the task, you know, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. They take the task, all those folks. of, um, But yeah, you know, like those big, uh, like they're just entertainment channels. Like CNN Mm -hmm. and and MSNBC, they're just It's all entertainment. That's why it's like the never-ending news cycle is just to keep people entertained. It's not to keep you informed. It's literally a drama of one blonde girl yelling at another blonde girl. (laughs) Like, and I think like the head of CNN even said that like he also is the guy who produced... Um, the Apprentice. So I mean, yeah, I, think he, I mean, he even he even made some comments about like you know, it's mostly entertainment, but there is some news in there, some bullshit. And that's the head of CNN. Yeah, like so, get like, that out of it. That's like juice, where it's like fruit flavor, and they're trying to call it juice. That's like, like just just because you got it, some essence of apple in there doesn't mean that it's a healthy juice. Or it's like when you give your kids gushers, you're like, drink up your juice, little oh, Susie. God. <laughs> You're like, but I gave Susie all her juice. Worst parent ever. <laughs> yeah. Give that girl a juice box. <laughs> Give her some water because she's oh, about to get the beaties. Since you brought, <laughs> since you brought up um, mm. Samantha B, who was a yes. one of the first, I think the first woman late night talk show host. Um, not the first. No, Joan Rivers. Had Joan Rivers, a show. But, and also but, Diana. But the most but, recent right now. Yes, and doing fucking hella hella good. She's also busted it open for Francesca Ramsey, who used to be on The Nightly Show, is getting right. a pilot for VH1 for her own night talk show. O-M-G. That's huge, because she's going to be the first black female, most yep. definitely. Exactly. That's amazing. Isn't that well, great? we need to know when that's happening so we can watch. And also, she's going to need some guests. So, Francesca, um, yes. we are Hello. happy to come on We're to your ready. show. We're ready. We are ready. We're willing. Let's go. Um, <laughs> one thing I just want to say before we get to our corners, I had this epiphany yes. when I was at the gym. Ding. And I just realized we're going to be okay, y'all. Oh, that's we're nice. We're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I just really hit me that like we're going to. And I, I think, mm-hmm. it, what was it? I think like in some ways the government is working because, you know, this bullshit administration can't do a lot of the crazy shit they're trying to do because mm. the government's got blockage. Like, Mm. I'm going to still have health care. Like, the health care thing's just not, like, it, it keeps getting turned down at every corner, you know? Yeah. Um, there's other things, yes, that are, but I think because people are resisting, mm. we're doing we're doing good. So I just want to oh, encourage everybody, we're doing great. Like, keep it up. Yes. It's, you know, I, I'm just really proud of folks. Um, Aww. 
And also, I was thinking about this too. Mm-hmm. Like big ass businesses yes. are not going to let World War Three happen. Like yes, the war, like the war machine will, but they're not mm-hmm. the only big time business. Like mm. they don't want the world to blow. McDonald's doesn't want the world to blow up. No, they want to make more money. They want to make more money. So they're also going to like, you know, put their money behind politicians and make their weird mm. backroom things happen as well. Mm. So James, we're going to be okay. Yeah. I have to. It's so funny that you came upon that epiphany because I had a similar moment mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. There's been mm-hmm. a couple of moments that I've been having. So I decided to watch Anthony Bourdain, No Reservations. He's like a cook guy that travels around the world and has interviews. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody knows about him. But mm-hmm. it was like a clip show of his last season, and he interviewed Obama in Vietnam. So it was a really interesting, Ooh. and this is before, this is like when the election was gearing up. So nobody, oh. and so um, um, Anthony Bourdain asked Obama, he goes, are we going to be okay? He literally asked him that. And yeah. Obama said the most profound, it made me cry. And of course I'm going to mm. ruin it right now because I, I'm not Obama, but he said something. I'm going to imagine that you are. All right. He, <laughs> he said something to the effect of, well, in history, you go through dark periods and we might be, or something about entering one now, but in, if you look at it, we always, no, this is what he said. He said, progress is not a straight line. It goes Mm. up and down. There may be Mm -hmm. dark moments, but at the end of things, you will always progress and you'll end up okay. And I thought that that was so profound that he said that. And then Mm. also yesterday I was listening to NPR and um, it was all about um, the Republican Party and how they are completely faltering right now because they, one, white people are going to be the minority soon in America. Right. And yeah. they're having this huge alt-right kind of thing where people are voting who are like racist and all of that. So they are trying to figure out it's twofold. One, they either support the racist people and people who are pro-segregation and separating, but then it will die out because right. they'll be the minority. Yeah. Or two, try to be open and hold a hand to um, people of color and um, immigration. But the people who come over here are more likely going to become Democrats. So it's looking like this is a dark period, but you're completely right. It's a blip. Yeah. We'll make it through. Yeah. I just, I literally, that's how I literally had this moment and feeling that I just kind of saw the future and I just kind of like pictured myself as an old lady on her deathbed talking about my time on the Titanic. <laughs> Stop that. Throwing diamonds just, into the ocean. <laughs> of that time I threw that like really expensive jewelry into the ocean. Whoops. Um, right before I died. Also, that she was crazy. I guess, you know, know, it's one of those things you just kind of side out. You're just like, I guess you're old. You went through a lot. Throw in some expensive ass jewelry down to an ocean. You donate that, like, sell it, donate it to charity or something. It's like a woman's, you know, college. No. Hope Diamond in the bottom of the ocean. Well done. Thank you. Thanks, Grandma. Thanks, Rose. (laughs) Couldn't move over on the door for Jack to fit in, but that's okay. Selfish all the whole movie. The whole fucking movie. Rose, paint me naked. (laughs) Just demands. Demands and selfishness. What on about to get out of here? I don't want this necklace. (laughs) There are so many, uh, like, 
women who are, or I think people who cherish Titanic, we just made a bunch of enemies just now. But y'all know, you know we tell the truth. Th- we're we talking like 15 years ago. Get yeah, with the program. Like, rewatch like. it and you'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, as I was on my old rose death lady bed in the future, yes. I was just thinking, it was like, you know, like you said, it's just a bit of a blip. It's just a little bit of a dark time. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're pushing through and we're just keeping at it. Like I, I'm noticing folks are just being smarter with their social media. Like we're just, yeah. we're just, we're waking up in different ways of, of a continue to be awake. So well done. Yes. Keep it up. Let's well just, st- let's try not to get um, North Korea to bomb us. That's the main thing. That's that the main would, thing. Yeah. Only so much we can do, but I have, tr- our military is pretty fucking dope. So I feel yeah, really it, good. It also, better be all that money we spend on it. Mm-mm. They don't want to destroy wanna their country either. They're not doing very hot right now. So <laughs> I think. that's the thing. Yeah. And like, it's weird. I mean, like, I don't want to, you know, I, I just, we are very fortunate to live in this country. <laughs> We're so fortunate. Very fortunate. Cause like if anybody, you know, fucks with us then they have to fuck with everybody else too so we're very fortunate in that so Mm -hmm. ah thank you to all the folks who are fighting in that military doing your thing big thanks to you i'm even waving Mm -hmm. my little oh (laughs) proud to be an american i'm waving an american flag right now but also stop shooting black kids you know yes and (laughs) stop bombing innocent countries too yeah you know that's a great idea so chill on that Side eyeing left and right. Okay, let's get to your corner because let's you're going to you're going to empower us on how we can continue to take the land back. Ah. All right, we are in my corner. I see you. I see you. Yes. Tell me what to do. Tell okay. me what to do. So I'm going to jump into this because I got a lot of ground to cover. Cover it, girl. Okay, so first of all, I want to preface this that Trump is currently pushing um, a coal-first energy agenda. Fuck that guy. And he, um, I believe, just, um, he's getting rid of Obama's bill which was about um increasing renewable energy and decreasing um coal energy so he not to mention he's opening up more he wants to start drilling up in in um alaska he's like people's backyards yeah so essentially if you've got a backyard he wants to drill in it yeah so i wanted to tell the story of a recently happened um, of the tribe, they're called the Mopa Band of Paiutes. So I'm going to be saying that a lot. But the Mopa Band okay. of Paiutes is a tribe, a small tribe in um, Nevada. They're in southeastern Nevada. There's about 311 population. So teeny tiny, 311. Wow. Yeah. And they live on um, 70,000 acres. So they are currently next to, well, they're not currently, but they were next to, like, literally right, if you look at a map, right outside of the reservation lines, their reservation was next to the um, coal-fired Reed Gardner Generation Station, which is a coal power plant. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the Reed Gardner Generation Station has been creating air pollution and toxic coal ash for 52 years. Oof. Now, 
Um, the problem with this is a lot of the tribal members then suffered from high um, rates of asthma and heart disease. Yeah. So I wanted to, because coal releases heavy carbon dioxide emissions, but also sulfur dioxide, nitrogen oxide, and mercury. And they mm-hmm. had these ponds that were right around the, the plant that would be um, places that collect all of this stuff and would evaporate it back into the air. And they would, yeah. it literally, these ponds would cause respiratory issues, heart problems, neurological and developmental damages. And, and this is like noted, like scientists have taken notes on this. Like it's recorded oh, yeah. that this has caused all this stuff. Oh yeah. Okay. And not to mention, um, the Vicki Simmons, who is the vice chairwoman of the tribe. Oh, wait, before that, I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. it would be one thing if, like, they were employing people of the tribe or, like, generating um, power for their homes or giving them mm-hmm. revenue. No. The last person to work at the at the plant was fired in 2002. Mm-hmm. They don't get any revenue, and this place doesn't even generate um, energy for their own homes. So they don't even get any of that power. They have they have to get their power from some other place. Yes. Even though it's like in their own backyard. Exactly. Okay. And so um it's directly affecting all of these people. So Vicky Simmons, who is the vice chairwoman of the tribe, her mm-hmm. brother died at 31 uh. from an enlarged heart. And he worked he actually worked at the plant for 10 years. So That's my age. I know your heart is normal size. Thank goodness. I would be. I'm on. not working near no goddamn killer plants or living your whole life. Like what the fuck? You know? Yeah, absolutely. So of course people in the tribe were like, this fucking sucks. Fuck this. We, yeah, <laughs> we need to fucking get some help. So yes. they, um, started writing letters to, well, first of all, they, sh- they try to get the attention of the government first. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, can you look into this? Because this is ridiculous. How, and how'd that go? Didn't go well. Because yeah. the tribe was so small. There's only 311 um, people in the tribe. And since everybody lived on the reservation, there was no control group. So literally everybody who lived there was affected by it. So there's no way for the government to be like, well, we can't like test these people who weren't exposed and compare it to mm-hmm. you guys. So they were like, fuck. So the government was like, no, leave us alone. So they were like, okay, well, we still need to do something. So they wrote letters to the EPA and they also wrote to Nevada's Division of Environmental Protection. Yeah. Nobody responded. Okay. So in 2010, and this is a story of not giving up, right? Okay. Yeah. So it is 2010. Tribal members then met and sought out Vinny Spottleson of the Sierra Club. Now, the Sierra Club is big in environmental protections and making sure that our land exists so we can have a place to live on. We don't have to go to fucking Mars or something. Yeah. Uh, um, and they, so Vinny Spottleson of the Sierra Club then introduced them to lawyers and scientists who were really interested in their story. So they started getting traction from the Sierra Club's help and they were able to, the, um, to um, get into a legal battle with the Bureau of Land Management. So the Sierra Club helped the Mopa Band of Parutes um, file a lawsuit against the Bureau of Land Management because the Bureau of Land Management in Nevada wanted to expand the freaking plant and mm-hmm. create Ooh. more of those evaporation ponds. 
Ugh. and expand the coal ash landfill. So toxic ash that's causing all of this stuff. They wanted to expand it even further to make it bigger to affect the reservation even more. Wow. There are more and more and more. Mm-hmm. So they sued. They of sued, course, and that yeah. was in 2010. Okay. And um, because of this lawsuit, um, people in Nevada started to take notice, which was awesome. Because they're like, anytime there's like a lot of money, people are like, but what? Yeah, what's Where's, going on? What's over going there? on? I see, what are all this what's money happening? going on over here? Okay. Well, okay. Are these my tax dollars? Whose money? Whose money is that? Exactly. So the people of Las Vegas were like, oh, our homes are being, power is being generated by this power plant that's coal. We didn't even know that. One. And two, it is affecting these people and making them sick. Okay, let's get involved as well. So they, oh. um, on Earth Day in 2012, the tribe and the allies of Nevada, they walked 50 miles from the Reed Gardner plant to mm-hmm. the federal building in Las Vegas. It took them three days. Damn, and you know what? Las Vegas is hot. Hot I haven't been there in like 12 years, but it is... I've seen pictures. If the rumors are true, it's in a fucking desert. So that is some walking. The last time I went there, I felt like my skin was going to crinkle off of my body like a little chitlin because it was so fucking hot. So the the oldest person to march was 70, and the youngest person, I believe, was three. So they... They all walked together and protested, and that was on Earth Day in 2012, so it was already two years into litigation. Um, Yeah. Sad news, they lost the case Uh, in 2013. Okay. But good news. um, Okay. In February (laughs) of 2013, a bill was introduced, Senate Bill 123, which required utilities like the... um, the Reed Gardner Generation Station to reduce coal-based greenhouse gas emissions and replace it with renewable energy. So that was a win. Mm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the MOPA band of power two ways were not, they're like, fuck no, are we giving up because this is fucked up. Yeah. We're still sick. So Right, we're still dying. In the same year, in 2013, they launched another lawsuit against the Nevada Power demanding compensation for their illnesses. Right. Yeah. They fucking won that shit in 2015. Nice. They won a a settlement of $4.3 million to go towards cleanup, a wellness center, and water rights. Fantastic. So, it's excellent. I mean, ain't that some bullshit for some land that they already own? Right? That they've been like, they already own and have to do, yeah, that they have to do all, get all this rigmarole just so they can stop dying and guarantee Mm -hmm. if. You know, this was like Beverly Hills. Oh, you know that would have been shut down in Samantha two had a little bit of a cough because she thought, you know, some pigeon sneezed on her. Mm-hmm. Those pigeons would have been eradicated or something, you know, whatever. Exactly. So here is when the story starts turning around. So already they got the $4.3 million settlement in 2015. In March 17th of this year, so just what, two mm-hmm. months ago? March 17th oh, yeah. of 2017, the generating station closed. Oh, nice. Yeah, so they were able to underneath, get... Hmm? That's underneath the current administration. Yeah, He's trying to be like, EPA what? I do feel like it was probably a holdover, but <laughs> I will okay. take it. All right, fair enough. I will take but it's it. But still, yeah, still under happen underneath his stupid watch. So get this. The generation station closed, and then the MOPA um, band of power two A's, they... Fucking, we're like, we're gonna take this shit back, and we are gonna open a the first ever solar 
power <gasps> um, project to be built on tribal land. So they have nice. a solar power plant on the reservation. Not only does it provide 115 construction jobs for tribal members, it Oof. also provides two field technician positions and... Since the power goes to L.A., they yeah. get revenue from the power. Yes. So not only yes. is it clean, providing jobs, and they're getting money for it. And now, because it's so like popular and it's working so well, they are now gonna. They're looking into building an, another s- solar power plant that will help generate um, power for their own homes on the reservation. That- Fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And I gave, that is amazing because it makes me think of several things. Yes. One, yes. I feel like every, like, I don't want to tell them how to do their job, but this is a great opportunity. Like, imagine this. If every single reservation was like, you know what I'm going to do? Make a solar power plant. Because, mm-hmm. like, people need, you know, power. energy, right? Yeah. They need power. And you've got these reservations and they've got, like, these, they, what if they own all the power plants? And then also, like, I would say this, I Black folks, we need to start making some power plants, too. Yes. Like, you know, like, we fucking... All these groups of people who have been wronged yes. by white colonialists... We need to uh, get our, our feedback. Like, I just wanted... I love this story so this, much because it starts off with letter writing, which is what we're all doing right now. But mm-hmm. it they don't ever get deterred. They're... Mm. Like, the, the Moapa Band of is they... We're like, no, we're going to fight for this. And it may take seven years, but we, mm-hmm. they still ended up on top. And they sought yeah. out who needed, who would help them. They kept working. They didn't win a lawsuit, but you know what? They filed another lawsuit. They won that one. The plant finally closed, and they took advantage of the opportunity and opened their own shit. So I feel mm-hmm. like we need to take a page from their book. I mean, 311 people. That's not a lot of people. That's not at all. So it shows like, you know, it's never, it's, it's not a numbers thing. It's about a perseverance, right. you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, as yes. they say, yes. you know, and you just keep squeak, squeak, squeaking away, making some noise mm-hmm. and, and, and you, and you keep at it. So it's again, like, yeah, like, you know, everybody was so heard about the election. I get it. But by now it's like. Put your head up and let's get back in the fucking it. game. Yes, let's like, do it. So I wanted to also thank Color Lines for the article. And the, the author is Yesenia, Yesenia Funes. So thank mm. you, Yesenia, for bringing this attention to me and also, also the listeners. Because, Not the listeners. And James as and well. And James. Because this is a story <laughs> that needs to be told. This story, in the words of Kesha, this story needs to be told. What? Do you know that... <laughs> Did you not hear that story? No. Someone way back when, this is back before, this is like Kesha, like when she first was, when she was like, woke up in the when morning. When she still had a dollar like sign in her P. name. Diddy. Yes. And she was being, having horrible <laughs> abuse happen to her. But we didn't know that at the time. No, we didn't. We didn't know that at the time. We, we didn't. didn't know. But someone was like, Kesha, how do you write your music? She's like, sometimes I get home and I am so drunk from partying before I fall asleep. I'm like, this story's got to be told. And I wrote it, write it down on a napkin. You know what? So, I, I appreciate that. Her and JK Rowling's just writing stories on napkins. Getting, fall asleep. getting shit done. Similar to how the story of uh, Showgirls was also written on a cocktail napkin. Should have stayed on that napkin. In Hawaii. Oh, well, that explains a lot. <laughs> well, great. We're never going to get Elizabeth Berkeley on the podcast. Yes, we will. She yes, but what's she doing right she, now? She is owning it. She, she is owning it. She's she into it. Well, 
You don't even know me, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Elizabeth Berkley, come on over. We won't make you dance. Come on over, baby. And Christina Aguilera, you come over here too, girl. She's busy. Is she? I don't know. Is she? I saw her on some commercial where she was like. Okay. (laughs) But what? Coles? No, I think it was like Oreos. It was weird. I might have been high. She was like on a tightrope on a bike and then she was like Oreo and ate it and then like fell off. I don't know. Pretty sure you were stoned or in some sort of a coma. Maybe this happened at your party. Coma. You were like so wasted. You blacked out for a second and imagine this Christina Oreo commercial. Listeners, back me up. <laughs> there is you, a weird, trippy Christina Aguilera commercial right now where she's on a tightrope. Someone, please post a link because I am in disbelief. Okay. Um, <laughs> but Nekka, thank you for inspiring us. Uh, big kudos to the, the... Also, kudos to you for pronouncing... That tribe name correctly. I hope so. Seventeen I don't know. times. I don't know. You said it with panache and confidence. If you were, usually we're like, I, know, I figured yeah. if I had to say their name several times and I wanted to <laughs> salute them, I had to try. So if you are a yeah. part of the Moapa band of Power Two A's, let me there know if I'm saying it right. Let me know if I'm saying she it right is, or not. You know, she is slaying it as far <laughs> judges tens, 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 tens. <laughs> she is slaying it today. <laughs> well, should we go to your corner? We will slay it on over there. We're going to say her name, Sarah Bartman, up next. She's your Venus. She's your fire. The story's fucked up. Oh. So it's <laughs> fucked up. Sorry, I baited you wrongly story. with that one. You know, um, I was getting excited. It was a fun song, but you know what? That's it's, what pop music does to you. It does. Like, that's what I want to do with my pop music is lure people in and then put some realness in it. Your siren song. That's going to be the name of your album, Siren Song. Siren Song? song? That's what <laughs> it, a siren song literally is. That's what oh. lured the Homer into the rocks were the siren songs. Oh, Odysseus, which also used to be the name of my uh, handle profile on Scruff, but I don't no longer have a Scruff account, but I used to be Odysseus because I feel like I'm You on... are whimsical on your sex <laughs> apps. Because <laughs> <laughs> then it's a conversation starter. And then if someone just like, hey, I got a penis, I'm just like, get out of here. You I know. Not, you know. Like this one time I was literally looking for a date to accompany me to the Dead Mouse concert and my handle yeah. was literally Dead Mouse Anyone with a question mark. Yeah. And anytime someone was just like, penis. I was no! like, you did not read. Get out of here. And my first line is like, looking for a date for this concert and yeah. did not. Um, also, yeah. speaking of Dead Mouse, who was recently here in Oakland, I was driving down the street three, three clean hours before he was supposed to go on. Tell mm. me why there's three people just standing outside of the place with those big ass mouse heads on. Like, too much. Really? Yeah, they they ride or die. Take a break. I know he said he has said some very questionable things recently about ball culture, but I will say I went to his concert mm-hmm. and I may have been a, on a different energy. You were on a different wavelength. Not on trial here, so I'm not no, running not for president. All. So you might have seen Christina uh, Aguilera on a tightrope. I might have been <laughs> watching Christina Aguilera on a tightrope. That's where my mind space was. <laughs> But he had this one beautiful song and it had all these like rainbows and stuff. And I felt like he was literally talking about a message of equality and love. So I felt oh. like in his show, he was trying to like, you know. You know what? As long as you got that message, you can interpret it however you want to. That's what that's I That's what say. I got. So I'm taking what mm-hmm. I want. Anyways, back to the real subject. Let's do it. Yes. As I digress. 
So I went to um, see Susan Lori Parks, beautiful, brilliant black woman, author. Um, mm. She's written a bunch of stuff. Like she also wrote uh, Spike Lee's Girl Six. Oh, um, I didn't. Oh, interesting. She's done this one play called Top Dog Underdog. She's my kind of playwright because she's very sort of experimental. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I a lot of people are very much in. Like I love me some August Wilson. Yeah, but. I don't prefer my type of plays are more so experimental. I don't like slice of life type theater because um, yeah. I feel like that's what film is for. And I think Got August it. Wilson is very good. So August Wilson did Fences for those of you who don't know. And yeah. If you still haven't seen Fences and yet you saw La La Land. Go I, see I Fences. Don't, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say at this point. You know. I mean, get it together, folks. Um, so anyways, <laughs> so, hey, I'm side. Hey, I can yeah. side eye my listeners. It's true. We can side eye whoever the fuck we want to side eye. That's true. That's the, that's the new badge. I can side eye whoever the fuck I want to side eye. So Susan Lori Parks, um, she, her play Venus, yes. um, which is about uh, Sarah Barton, Sarah Bartman, yes. who uh, was known as the Venus Hottentot. Mm-hmm. Um, she did this play. It was originally written in 1986. It's an off-Broadway production happening at the Signature right now in New York. Um, oh, and go essentially, if you're in there. In please New York. do. It's so good. Um, and so Sarah Bartman was essentially, she's from South Africa. Mm. She, in a nutshell, uh, yes. was put on display in essentially freak shows. She Ugh. was studied by science, um, by art. Why, you might ask? What was, why? You know, why? Essentially, she had a big butt. She had a big butt. And apparently large genitalia. And the white European world was aghast and shock and 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 horror. And she was essentially, they labeled her as she was this oddity. She was the possible missing, missing link between what? missing link between, you know, uh, humans and, you know, ape, you know. That the, what 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 was how did her butt get so big? Why was her genitalia? So Some bullshit, ridiculous. Right? Major so this bullshit. Is, yeah. So this is about early 1800s. Um, and what's Ugh. interesting is that I produced this play when I used to run a theater company back in grad school. You did? And yeah, I produced uh, uh, my theater company. Oh. And what was interesting was to see this production done with some money behind it. Oh, yeah, like, not just some college got, students no in a barn? We were just <laughs> college students in a barn. I used to run this theater company called Barnstorm. I... And what's so interesting is that we actually weren't too far off in our impulses and instincts oh, about good. how we staged it. So nice. I don't remember if that's just how the, the scripting was very detailed and like do this or hey, just pat we yourself just, on the back. Okay, just take fair it. Enough. Just take it. Fair enough. So um, the play is incredibly interesting. I highly recommend even just picking up a copy and just fucking reading it because yeah. um, it's going to do a much more fantastical experience of telling her story than I'm about to do because I'm about to just give you the facts um, because this woman, her mm. story is not heard enough. No, it is not. not I didn't find out about her until I was, you know, in I studied the play in college. Like this is something again, one of those things that it's like should be in the history books. Yes, of this horrible treatment of this black woman, and how does this feed into how we view and treat black women today? Oh, I love it. So she was uh, born in 1780, about 1789, they theorize, uh, in South Africa along the eastern Cape side. Um, I did not practice this uh, group's name like Aneke did with hers. So get Let's ready for it. butchering. Let's hear uh, it. Koho, kohoi? Kohoi, okay. kohoi. All right. It's got that two works. K's in it and some I's and some H's and O's. Uh, just a soft, it's like soft. A, it's, like a, it's like a word jumble. I just yeah. gave you a word jumble. Kiyoki Koi. Um, so 
her story, it's like she had such a tragic life. So when she was a teenager, she was essentially orphaned at a very young age. Mm. Um, apparently, this European-led commando ambushed her wedding, what the murdered fuck? her father and her uh, husband. What? I didn't know this. Oh, Jesus. yeah. Um, her mother died when she was young. Yeah. And so then from there, she was taken uh, to Cape Town to work as a servant and a wet nurse to this mixed race entrepreneur, Hendrik Cesar and his wife. Interesting. So wet nurse is always something that just throws me off. Like what is, what's going on there? Like, it means they want you to. You just breastfeed. Is, you breastfeed mm, babies. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it was also noted uh, in this article that I read too that like I think her child died. I didn't really read how. Mm. Um, and what's interesting, this yeah, it was the seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds. People that babies weren't. It yeah, was weren't. hard to keep them alive. It was Damn. hard. There was a lot of diseases. So Caesar and uh, the military and this military doctor Alexander Dunlop uh, saw when they saw uh, Sarah. All they saw was big fucking dollar signs. Because again, mm-hmm. that she ass, had a big butt. Right? She had a big butt. And they were like, damn, we can make hella money off of this. So they essentially smuggled her into England around the so year 1810. Up. And they lured her under, it's believed they lured her under these false pretenses because they were like, we're going to make you a big star. Like, you are so beautiful and gorgeous. We're going to make you uh, this big star. And so she supposedly signed a contract. But remember, like, she was she was illiterate. Like, so what was this, you know? So she when they tried yeah. to get. They were like, no, but she, you know, willingly came, you know, but you also sold her that she was going to be a big star. So she arrives there mm-hmm. in London in 1810. Now, what happened three years before in 1807 in mm. England? Mm-hmm. In 1807, England had abolished the slave trade. So they had abolished oh. the slave trade. So this has happened. Think of mine as the story continues. Mm-hmm. The slave trade has been abolished in England. But it's weird because the slave trade has been abolished, but yet slavery itself was not necessarily abolished in england there's all that weird foggy shit like you know people have like they've been depending on people labor and then they turn it into like low wage it's like sharecropping after we lost slavery in america right yeah um so then she's she's here she's been smuggled and essentially um so her promoters these you know fucked up managers uh, these i mean dude bros fuck dina lohan has nothing on these fuckers <laughs> no, these guys she are. is i you wish dina lohan was your you know manager at this point these guys are I, evil fucking awful people um so they they dubbed her the hot and tot venus and so the hot and tot was a dutch derogatory term to describe the kiyokioi kio her tribe her of people, her, okay. yeah, her group. Um, and so they essentially like, so in her first showings, they would showcase her in, in, uh, in, in Piccadilly circus. So mm. when you walk around Piccadilly circus now, you're just saying like, that's where they used to like fucking showcase, uh, Sarah Bartman, God. but they, you know, tout her as the Venus hot and tot. And so this is like London's most fashionable area. This yeah. is where all the muckety mucks, you know, poets and politicians would come around and they would, you know, and there'd be other oddities as well. So in these, fucked this up. sort of circus, like oh, essentially, you know, show shit and they even had like like, it was called london's theater of human oddities oh because that sounds real cool and nice it was like the pc term to be like you know yeah i'd be so if you're like hey neka do you want to go to this human fucking circus i'd be like are who are you and see, this is the thing too. Like, this is supposed to be like the most educated people in in London were around in this area, and these and artists, and uh, and they would essentially prod and poke and look in horror at Sarah Bartman. Fucking and what shit. Did, I'm gonna describe the show that they used to have her do. 
So she, they used to make her, and like Sarah wasn't necessarily, she wasn't from like, she, you know, when I say like her tribe, it was a group of people. I mean, this is like the 1800s. They were like, yeah. they were a group. Like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, spears and, you know. I it's mean, this, tribal. It, people have tribes. Just like how I was talking about the Moapa band. They're just people. It's yeah, just their group. Yeah, and the time period has changed, and they might yeah. have, like, you know, eminences of... It's not that stereotypical. At this point, her group wasn't in that... Uh, you know, they weren't... They had a... Uh, what's the It's heritage. It's a tribal yes. heritage culture. Cultural heritage. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So there is that group. But mm-hmm. they used to... They had her wear a flesh-colored getup oh uh, with African beads and ostrich feathers. They had her smoking a pipe. They just went, like, very stere- this stereotypical. This but it's interesting because I feel like you would still have pe- people still pull this shit today in like movies and shit, um, you know? It's called, it, my friend took his kid to the multicultural fair where they had little cutouts of different ethnic costumes. They had a, they had a black person with a spear and a grass skirt. Shit is still Last month. To, <laughs> a month ago, right? Mm-hmm. And so then they used to also have her like dance and uh, they would like, you know, dance and play instruments. And this is a very interesting theme throughout the play where there's like, uh, they, they show, I can't recommend the show enough, even just reading the script of how, how they do this. Um, and like in the show, in the play, in Susie Lorraine Parks' production, she's like, yeah, I could also do other things. Like I could uh, pretend to read before your very eyes because she was actually also very incredibly smart. Mm. Um, and just like also a testament to black folks. Like she learned the language and in the play, I don't know. I imagine that this also happened in real life. She learns like French. Like, oh, I'm man, sure we, were, we are some dope ass people. We yes. like, you know, especially a lot of black folks in Africa can speak like five different languages. Like, yeah, because they have their tribal language, the colonial language, and everybody just needs to speak English. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. And what's interesting is that at this time period, London has ethnic minorities at this time, which also I just want to side eye any fucking movie that takes place in the 1800s in fucking London. And it's all white people. Yeah. Hello, BBC. We you tossed them some side eye before in a previous episode. And you know what? Like a boomerang, mate. It's coming back. (laughs) That side eye is coming back to you. BBC is back. With more side side eye, extra mm-hmm. eye is bulging. Um, so, but at this time period, it wasn't enough that she was a black woman. So they had to just they had to add more. Like she was, oh, you know, ooh, she's she's the African queen. She's from Africa. Ooh, she's this rarity. Look at that butt. And I also believe that like the butt was grossly exaggerated. You know, yeah, it was but, just like, a butt, probably. Well, butt. I've seen just, I've seen pictures. It was a it was a big butt, but who big, cares? But, yeah. Um, and so her outfit, as the New York Times quoted, that, you know, it showed off, it, like, it left little to the imagination. Oh, my God. And at this time period, England also had an obsession with butts at this time. Oh. And if you think about, like, they had an obsession with butts. And you think about it, they actually, like, I don't know. Yeah, I there think was Europeans a lot of bustles have- in the 1800s. That's true. So this obsession with butts, and so, like, women sometimes, like, envied her and her, like, natural, like, big butt. And this guy, Lord Guerneville, he was known that for his... so British. <laughs> Sorry. Lord Guerneville was known for... Lord Guerneville. He was known for his big butt, and his wig coalition were known as the Broad Bottoms. What the and fuck it was is going on? What that is... They, <laughs> wig the, the coalition? Bro- yes. Oh, wig the, coalition. Uh, the party, the political party, the wigs. Okay. The wigs. The wigs. Named after their wigs, though, as well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was theorized that they might take over Parliament if George III abdicated. So it was Mm. like this huge sort of like the zeitgeist was all about big butts at this time. So big butts were all the rage. And here comes Sarah Bartman. Bartman. And they they made all kinds of like caricatures and 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 and, and like connections and shit. And like you see the pictures, they have absolutely overly drawn 
all of her features. It's, you know, and then yeah. it's even worse in this time period uh, when she was on, you know, performing in, in around in London and England all over, you know, they're just touting her out at these different freak shows. Um, and the wealthy customers could pay for private demonstrations. What the fuck? Um, guests were allowed to touch her. No. Um, and in the show, there's even like a comment that she's, you know, she's like, um, you know, the, like the, the, her show mother, uh, threatens. She's like, well, if you don't, you know, if you don't give the performance, you know, I'm going to let the drunkards from across the way come in and like have their way with you. She's like, they do it at night when you're not looking. So probably like she was completely raped, sexually assaulted. I am absolutely. Yeah. Just Um, awful. Awful. So, but during this time, abolitionists at the time were like, hold up, wait, no, we what fuck are you no doing? this. <laughs> They're like, we, we already stopped all this and you're bringing this around. So what did they do? Yeah. They took this to court. They were oh. like, stop the presses. Hold up. We need to call this into question. Okay. The court was unsuccessful. Oh. Um, in, in the show, the court is fascinating. Like, mm. scene because the show also has like eight chorus members who also rep- represent eight other members of, they, they are kind of like the Greek chorus. Oh, I love they that. Play, That's like, so cool. They play like the judges in it as well. Like, they mm. just do, it's just really amazing. And I think the great thing about what I love what Susan Laurie Parks does in her production of it is she's able to also layer in other things. Of just culture, you know? Oh, like, like, the, kind like of, the climate of the time. Yeah, and, like, you can even just draw connections of, like, yeah, that's how, you know, the political climate. Like, the jury even mm. rec- like, is sort of, like, you know, the, aristoc- the aristocrats mm-hmm. or even just, you know, politicians. And, and you can draw the connections of how that kind of still is today. Oh, just I love it. of, like, politics. Brilliant. Um, so... Um, what happened was Sarah Sarah Bartman favored with her captors. Like they did call her into court, and she favored with her her you know her manager her. Interesting. We call them captors. Yeah, but they you captured her. Like, yeah, um, but I mean, honestly, what were her choices? Go right. back to South Africa and live like in servitude. Her family right? was freaking dead. What was she going to go back to? You know, right. or continued or continue here where she was at least receiving a small wage. Um, you know, and some freedom mm. and somewhat moderate, you know, freedom. So, I mean, again, this is a black woman in the 1800s in England. Like I what said, were her options? I would have been a witch. She could. I, yeah. Had <laughs> but she, she didn't have that option. They were very careful. I'm sure to not read her any fairy tales because they had been like, mm, I'm going to do what this witch is doing. I'm She's out. like, Deuces. where is this forest that you talk? Of? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it, it doesn't exist. It's not real. Um, and so, I mean, it's just interesting, again, and we'll talk about, let's circle back to this in the end, but, you know, you essentially have the profiteering, white men profiteering mm-hmm. over black female bodies and talent. Sexualizing so black female sexual, bodies. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So just mm-hmm. sit on that. Let's, this is the 1800s that's happening. Mm-hmm. Think about, let's just sit on that. Just we'll let, it let it marinate. Let it marinate and boil around you. So 1814, her popularity started to wane in England. So she went to France and there um, she was essentially Caesar uh, handed her over to this guy named Ro so, with an X on the end because he's French and Rue? fancy or whatever. Rue. Rue? Yeah. Sh- whatever. Fucktard McFrancerton. <laughs> Dick number two. Well, like, but I want to French it up. So fucktard McFrancerton. Okay. Ooh la la. <laughs> Fucker McFuckerson. Yes. Leave it at that. Yes. La la. Um, <laughs> okay. 
And, you know, he was even referred to in both the art. And one article I read about him referred mm-hmm. to him as a predatory showman. Oh, and no. And another artic- article referred to him as an animal exhibitor. So nothing Gross. good. Nothing good about this guy here, right? Um, under So he was essentially, like, I he, you know, showed her around in, like, you know, France, profiteering off of her. There mm-hmm. was She was essentially sold to this guy. Which is know? so creepy. Um, and she was probably prostituted by him as well. Oh, God. Um, he is the ultimate yeah. villain. So then by the spring of 1814, the foremost European scientist of the day, uh, Georges Leopold Chervetin, uh fucker, Guy. F- fucker number three, the third. The, yeah. the third fucker <laughs> of the story. Yeah. Or fourth. So many other ones, right? Mm. So this... George idiot scientist dude became obsessed with her. Oh and no. He ended up getting his hand then it, he ended up getting his hands on her essentially. Um and his focus was of scientific and sexual interests and in ah. the play like he kind of uh he whisked her away from the uh circus, you know, the circus area and then he essentially has her in a you know in this home and he you know has all of his scientists come, this is in the play, has all his scientists come over. Like, she's essentially on display, but in a new way. In a scientific um, way, which is just a, the same. And in a sexualized way, too, because, like, he has sex with her a lot in the play, and then she gets pregnant twice, and he's like, well, we could do something about it, and he essentially makes her get an abortion. Is she yeah. with him? What? Well, is- like, in the in the play, it's this interesting sort of relationship that maybe she felt like she was in love, you know, uh, in the play. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how much of that is in the play. or And you know, what's reality. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I believe Susan Louis Parks done did her research. So oh, yeah. And lean. also, I mean, we can only know so much because history is written by people who don't have a say. Absolutely. aren't written by the people who don't have a say, I should say. Absolutely. I mean, this woman was far away from home and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and again, like it's noted that this guy had sexual interest in her. So of course, mm-hmm. like that might make her feel, you know, she's not, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't know what's going on. I can only speculate, but you know, she's like, this guy is like whisked me away and he's giving me attention. I'm living in a home now. Um, yeah. It- even rich women at this time were subordinate and yes, fucked up. So totally. So and she's probably feeling like she's like, you know, made it. And, um, you know, and so she was studied and painted by a group of scientists and artists. So now you have science and art, right? So Just now like, like, yeah. God. And she refused to appear fully naked before them because for her, it was beneath her dignity. Um, yeah. And, you know, this woman had been through a lot. Yeah. To so, say the least. So that was the spring of 1815. By December 29th, 1815, she was 26 years old. She died. So young. So young. 26. And they're not sure, possibly of pneumonia, possibly syphilis, alcoholism, or all. Um, And then, get this, so this doctor scientist guy who was obsessed with her, right, Mm -hmm. and Probably had, he had sex with her. He then performed a gruesome hypersexual post-mortem dissection of her. He dissected her fucking body. Because so again, gross. they didn't see her as human. Like they dissected how much her dis- body. Disrespect. Disrespect. Yeah. And in the show, she died in her in a prison cell. So I, but I didn't read anything about that in, in, in any of the articles. And then, mm-hmm. uh, just when you thought, well, at least she's dead, like how possibly could it get worse? So she's been, you know, and you can even in the story in Venus, they have uh, intermittently uh, the uh, read the reading of her autopsy. You know, for mm. for science, this was done in the name of science, and this also kicks off the uh, you know around this time period um, the race science. Because, you know, right. once, once black folks were free, 
we started being picked apart through science and like there's all kinds Quote, of different unquote. Ex- yeah all <laughs> kinds of experimentation and dissections of our our, our black bodies and what we were because we were not they were trying to figure out what we were um Mm-mm-mm. her brain skeleton sexual organs remained on display in a Paris <sighs> museum until 1974. 74? So this woman's, all everything about her. So just when you thought like she couldn't be put on display anymore, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. then she was in a fucking museum. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Her All of her body parts displayed like, for our, our oogling and ogling. Mm. Um, it's and just then that, out of control. Out of that, control. That Cuvier asshole French dude um, also made a plaster cast of her body before dissecting her. So just, Jesus, just leave I her. I mean, it's like some Dexter shit. Like this guy... Like, Y'all fucked up. So in 1994, South African President Nelson Mandela requested um, that her bo- that Bart- Sarah Bartman's remains in the plaster case be returned back to her home in South Africa. He Good. was like, bring, bring her, her home. home. And then finally in 2002, the French government finally agreed. It took till 2002. He they asked like, for it in 1994, mm, and then in 2002... We're just going to sit on this. Like, and what's weird is, like, in 1974, her remains were in the museum, and then they weren't. And then and they then were they, just sitting around somewhere. And then 94, Nelson Mandela was like, uh, can we have that? And then finally in 2002, they... You know, you know yeah, what? She was finally, I am throwing a major side-eye towards France, because that is weird. Like, if... That is... As a country, that's fucked up, y'all. That's, do better. Yeah. <laughs> so she was, you know, buried back in South Africa 192 Good. years after um, she left. And then, you know, they, you know, why she had a big butt was because of, uh, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's called like steto, steto-tipigia, mm-hmm. which results in extremely uh, protuberant buttocks due to a buildup of fat. She just had, she just had a fat butt. She had a big she had butt. A fat butt. Had a big mm-hmm. butt. Um, you know, Rachel Holmes is this uh, former English professor who wrote a book called uh, the author. She wrote the Hot and Hot Venus: The Life and Death of uh, Sarah Bartman, mm-hmm. and she said, "You know, uh, this is a symbol of the alienation and degradation of colonialization, lost children, exile, the expropriation of female labor, and the sexual and economic exploitation of Black women by men." Yes, it is everything. Uh, anything you can, I feel like, and I know the story and I'm so glad that you brought it up, but it is literally anything that you look at for a black woman in, in public eye right now goes back to that story. This is where, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. This is literally the trace roots of where all of that came from. Right. And continue to be pa- passed down. And because it was journaled and it was documented for art and science. And that's how yeah. ingrained our visualization of black women is today. Right. And, it, and, 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 and I can think about how many probably like, you know, black female superstars who are essentially the hot and hot of, of you've got these, you know, probably white male dudes profiteering off of her, her black body and her black talent. It's the whole thing where it's like our bodies are not our own. You know, we're mm, either mm. we're both demonized and sexualized for these features that are our own that people will then try to emulate. Like, I mean, if you look at the Kardashians, they have literally taken the characteristics of an African-American body stereotypically. Like not all black women have big butts, but some of us no. do, you know, and it's been sexualized, but also in a weird 
um, middle ground way where people will say like that's sexy, but it's also gross. You know, like it's sexual, yeah. but not I, a lady can have it. You know, I it's, rem- I, rem- I remember getting teased on the playground because I had it like because of for my big butt because it, it be like yeah. and I think anybody who has a big butt has been like teased for or something. But now it's like everybody wants my big. They butt, freaking but, called like, it an African booty when I was in elementary oh, school, yeah. like derogatorily. And, like, and, and this is the roots of that, right? And, I have been just so inspired by uh, Viola Davis when she won that Oscar. She said, yes. "Exhume the bodies," and that is my mission as an artist. And yes, that's, I feel like, is to I want to tell the story. Mm. Um, I'm so grateful Thank that this you. this play got done um, because I'll tell you this. Ain't nobody, when I was in San Francisco, Bay Area, and sight-eyeing you, ain't nobody doing a Susan Laurie Parks play. No. I, I, was, I haven't seen, where is this show? And, of course, like, you know, I'm just so grateful to be here in the city where they're, Susan Laurie Parks is the artist in residence. They have mm, other shows that first coming. Yes. Tickets are just $30. I'm going to plug Ooh. this. Tickets are $30. If you get the TIX app, you can get tickets for just $30 there. Um, um, who's playing other- at the end of July? <laughs> what? Like what's what's her play? Oh, That's what I, I think, think there is a play at, at the end of July. We should definitely go. I'll take a look at it. I think there is one. So we'll go Ooh. to a Susan Laurie Parks play. Yes. Um, and uh, there's also a documentary called Black Venus documentary. Um, there's also one called The Life and Times of Sarah Bartman. Mm. I mean, this woman, like her story, and you know, Susan Laurie Parks said that she wanted to do a story where where Sarah was the star. I love where it. She was really because she wasn't ever the star. She yeah. was looked upon with these weird gaze and 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 and, and, and weird. You know what's the word? I don't know. Sexualization, sexualized and, and gaze, and, a sexualized and, gaze, and just creep all, all around creepiness. When and, she was and a in person, that story, she gets to be the star. She was a human. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell, Nake. She was a fucking human. So this is you, Sarah Bartman. We're saying your name loud and proud. Yes, thank May you, James. Rest in peace. I just thank you, James, so much for bringing this story up because it, it it's something that I've always known about and held close to my heart. Because as all of you listening right now, you are people. And if you can imagine going through one little inch of what she went through, like you have to be strong in order to persevere through all of that at such a young age. Remember, she died mm. at 26. That's 20 fucking six. Insane. Mm-mm. So thank no. you, James, for bringing this to the attention because it is necessary. Thanks for listening. Kids. Corner that was kids, a little crazy because we, we did not practice that. <laughs> no, we um, didn't. That's no Quizlet Corner song, song lip. No, um, we we want to give waiting. a sh- <laughs> yeah, we're still waiting for that Quizlet, y'all. Y'all supposed to be on that. So, Corner Kids, y'all have been doing such great stuff on the Corner Kids Playground. It's our private Facebook oh. group. My God. Magic's happening. So, so we wanted to give some happy. shout outs of some great stuff that is happening um, in the playground. Um, yes. We have Meredith Al uh, is continuing Aneke's amazing POC book listicle. So if you're looking for more Thank books. Thank you. I know. Uh, Thank you, Meredith. I really am so inspired that you weren't bored by another <laughs> listicle that I said and that you actually are adding onto it with the help of other corner kids. That's amazing. Girl, you're getting more specific. People love that. Specificity. People mm. are like, ooh, you are speaking my language. Yes, I try to. I try to speak multiple languages within English. Oh, look at you. <laughs> you 
better be African black woman. I see you. Multiple languages. Um, I want to highlight this one. Uh, O&W mm-hmm. had a, there's a misconnection that I just am very excited about. There's a misconnection. Uh, yeah. I guess uh, O&W was at uh, QueerCon in Bellingham. Where that? Where that? Bellingham? We probably should have looked that up, but anyways, awesome. Yes, that, that was happening. Uh, <laughs> I should have gone. But anyways, I if you met uh, Owen is, is is trying to connect with you, I uh, because you both listen to the podcast and Owen is is looking for you. So go onto the Facebook group. Um, mm-hmm. It's also called. You talked about my two favorite things: librarians and representation. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So that's you specifically. <laughs> so if you talked about librarians and getting representation, O&W is looking for you. I feel like we're like those like people announcing for a lost child in a supermarket. But way better and sexier and cooler. Very like, true. Yeah. That's awesome that you both were talking about librarians and both like my Minority Corner. Yeah. Like, and that you both listen to Minority what? Corner. That's dope. So come on and get up in that uh, corner. Be friends. Uh, make connections. <laughs> What else is happening? Uh, oh, Sean, Sean T. Uh, I was was giving talking about the, uh, Sean T. Really enjoyed uh, mm-hmm. my talk about play and Legos. And yes. Sean T. Lego Extraordinaire posted some pics of uh, I guess a Lego con, and there's some great pictures of people doing some dope ass shit with Legos. Um, oh yeah, I love like that. Keep that. Playing. There's uh, the 19. 19- 1968 Olympic Black Power statue in Lego mode. Oh, so that's so cool. Dope. A scale model of the Stonewall Inn. Just like, I got to step up my logo, my Lego game. I made a train. Hey, it, you know what? That's good. I'm I made impressed. a crocodile. Did you really? <laughs> it did. Oh, that's awesome. And then I blew it up. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? It's your art. You do what you do. It's like a mandala. You just let it blow in the wind. You appreciate the art for what it is. Oh, I got it. Can I give a shout out for someone who's been posting a bunch? Yeah. Elsa. But... Huh? Nope. Nope. You do it. Okay. Elsa A, <laughs> you just have been posting hella shit. There's something about, you posted an article about Colin Kaepernick handing out suits outside of the parole office. Mm. And also, um, I had to reshare it myself. You posted this really cool thing that the, oatmeal um i take your time look at it it takes a couple of minutes to read it and it's really good it's about how the brain works in interacting with new facts i love it um also shout out to i'm loving that we're becoming memes i yeah will us made me a meme <laughs> as you're only as whatever is your latest thing which goes along with uh, <laughs> there's also the meme of uh i'm going to live I'm going to live with the audacity of a mediocre white man. So share those. I love me. We're mean. Um, oh, and then Aneke has one. And I do. She, and I'm, you're side-eyeing your meme. I'm very appreciative of it because I don't want to slap the hand that feeds me. Thank so, you for making a meme. Tori H. But I don't like birds. I am for reals Wait, scared Wait, so let's backtrack about what it is. People don't know what you're talking about. They've not seen the Okay, meme. so the meme, it basically says side-eye your heroes. And, and there's a big-ass bird side-eyeing. <laughs> it's like the big goose, big- <laughs> goose-ass face staring at me with a scary-ass, um, yeah, Tori H., thank you, it's beautiful, but that it looks like it has an underbite with its teeth going into it, and it has its weird, gross goose eyes with, like, pulpiness around its eyeball. Like, I love this, but birds just freak me out. I don't know what it is. I, I You know what? I think if we're all very honest, like, I think there's different kinds of birds. I saw, when I was in Virginia, I saw a giant-ass eagle hawk 
It was like half oh, eagle, wow. half hawk, oh half God. dinosaur. Oh. And oh. those things are huge. Have you ever seen? They're like humongous. They're ginormous. They look like they could like take me away and feed me to their bird oh, nest. They like, would if they could. And you know, we all never forget, never forget where these creatures came from. These are dinosaurs. fucking dinosaurs, y'all. If they yes. learn to open up doors, we are fucked. We and they, are I mean, fucked. That the movie, I mean, the movie they did. Velociraptors, they, they. But here's the thing about geese. Mm. I have a hard time trusting mm. anything with a with a head that small <laughs> compared to its body. Okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> and like, I have mm, a, dead do dead birds for some reason scare me. I had a hard time. Truth talk. I used to not be able to go into natural history museums when I was a little kid. So there's just like dead birds. Like, wait, yeah, I've got, I've gotten but, over it. I've gotten wait. over it now. Oh, but like, not just like, they don't have just like dead bird carcasses in those museums, do they? They got stuffed ass birds hanging, okay, looking but they're at stuffed. you. Because when I think about dead yeah. birds, I think about like, you know, those carcasses that you sometimes see and you're like, oh Both. no. Both yeah. are terrifying. <laughs> they really are. Either way, they're I used they're to have dead. nightmares Whether where I would stuffed? wake up in a bed of dead pigeons. Neke, I am so sorry. I want to laugh and hug you at the same time. I mean, it's funny because I'm I'm an adult now. And yeah, maybe if somebody threw a dead bird at me, I'd probably have to go hide in a corner somewhere. But it's just cruel. Because also, like, but what about like what about cute geese. birds? But what about cute birds? Like little blue jays. That's cool, but if there's a bunch of them coming near me, I don't well, like that's, it. It's a bit much. I mean, that's like me with like a lot of like, you know, kindergartners. Like one or two is cute, <laughs> but if there's like a hundred coming at me, it just it's too much for me to handle. You know what? I'm gonna be honest. If a tiny bird were to land on my shoulder, I would not like it. Even if it's adorable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I so, used to have a cockatiel that would hump <laughs> hump a bell and you would see his little penis. It was gross. It's terrifying. <laughs> You've been traumatized for birds <laughs> for most of your life. Snow birds. White, she ain't. You know no. who is not gonna be playing Snow White in the live action version of Snow White? Not not in that She's like, you better I don't CGI. need no bird to dress me. She's like, you better CGI them birds. Uh-uh. I would they rather are... have a raccoon dress me than a bird. That is Aneke, I gotta draw the line. They have opposable thumbs. <laughs> Aneke, I'm drawing the line. They that can is the grab a zipper no they, a bird cannot grab a zipper yeah but they'll do it with their beak and they won't poke you they're like well i don't want no bird mouth near my you want nether some, regions and like you want some rodent with their nasty ass trash hands all over you that is sure. like that is foul Aneke. it's called a friday night for me okay i'm gonna let okay. Aneke, look at your life look at your choices now i really do believe your solange Knowles stories of being just trashy i imagine now i was you not got really drunk before the party had a bunch of yes. raccoons dress you they and dressed me she went some rodents i gave them you. each a kiss on the head and i left in so my garbage pail so you <laughs> could so essentially what you're saying is you're the cinderella of the ball not the snow white i am the trashrella of the gutter <laughs> And I am proud of it. Just, a story for the ages. Just, just, Disney, take note. <laughs> and you know what? Watch this movie get made. It's now the Black Cinderella and it's trash. Yeah, Ella. no. I don't, I don't, I will not condone that. I will write it and it will not be me and it won't be a black lady. <laughs> Fair enough. But loosely based on your life. It will be a goose. That's what Trashrella will be. Oh, damn. You would throw in the goose shade today. Okay, well... I'm I not, don't like geese. Okay. We are this, not getting any geese on this show. I'm sorry. Well, there goes my guest for next week. I don't have anything. What am I supposed to tease the kids with? Next week, you, not coming up with geese. I like how before it would be like, next week, a goose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what's going to happen. And, well, I got nothing for y'all next week, so see you later. <laughs> Woo, 
I'm sorry if you guys really like geese. I I appreciate Are you? geese from a not Are you? really no. Nope. Goose. You know what they say? Goose for the gander gets you Xander. Ooh. Side note, a friend of mine once trying to act <laughs> went to once went to a party and they were serving a goose and it turned out it was a Canadian goose that one of them caught by Lake Merritt. Hmm. Those things eat cigarette butts and gum. The more you know. James was so ready for me to end that segment, but I had to keep going. I'm trying to freak you out. That's my goose noise. I've had a goose. I've had your lovable James. Goose. Oh no, I've had duck. Duck is hella good. I don't know why we don't eat more ducks, but mm. and I, you know what? I've never had duck. Oh, it's delicious. It. Let me tell you, girl, that duck is delicious. The ugly duckling grew Mm -hmm. up to be hella tasty. As long as I don't got to see its face, no. then, you know. I'm going to transition. I want to transition out of, I want to eat less meat, especially pigs, because they're hella smart. But ducks, no, chickens are stupid as fuck, so I don't mind eating them, because they're stupid. Well, I'll tell you the fast way to do it is to date a vegetarian. Oh, yeah, you all have I don't that. eat that much meat. You, I don't eat that much meat anymore. I will never give up chicken, because I love me some fried chicken. Not just because I'm black, I but mean, because I'm human. Everybody loves fried chicken. Because fried chicken is delicious. And, yeah. and if you don't like fried chicken, then look at your, maybe look you've at been your eating life, it wrong. Look at your choices. <laughs> I'm just going to leave you with that. And that's it. That's all I have for the show. So I want to leave you with that. You're not eating fried chicken. Look at your life. Look at your choices. Look at your choices and then go <laughs> to a good fried chicken place. Because um, KFC ain't it. That ain't it. Go to Pie Pies is hella good. There's this other place called Stickies here in New York. Also incredibly Stickies. delicious. You get all kinds of different choices of sauces. And they just do it up stickies so mm-hmm. you know one mm-hmm. thing about new york they have a lot of fried chicken joints a lot of choices here because it's delicious um you can do lots of things here with that minority corner um we have jumbotrons yeah, you can. and you can do yes them. we will say whatever you want us to whatever say whatever you want i think you just go to max fun slash jumbotrons or something yeah, maximumfun.org slash jumbotron. And we'll we'll read anything if it's a happy birthday, if it's a listen, baby, it's not working out. <laughs> we will put some stank on it because it's we us. We will let them know that it ain't working out. And or we if you want to, you know, announce that you're having a party at your house or like. We'll do it we'll stanky do style. It stanky style. Put some stank on it. Um, you can also find us on the Twitters. Minority Corner with a K. We're also on the Facebooks. We got the Minority Corner Kids Playground. Um, and we also have a Facebook group. So like that and join the playground because like we were talking about last segment. Yeah. <laughs> we did not know what it's that great. was last week, last segment. We always be talking about I almost about said it. corner segment, you know. Oh, yeah. And okay, we don't do segments. We do corners. We do corners. Get your head in, I need to remember girl, that. Girl, <laughs> you'll never remember. Go get your head in the games. Finish strong. Finish strong. I know. <laughs> I need my raccoon helpers to help See, me get that's where, <laughs> I am more freaked out about the raccoon. I'd rather have an army of birds help me get ready in the morning than a bunch of raccoons coming in. They've got like those bandit eyes. They might want to try to steal some shit. You would rather some geese up in your house trying to goose you into your outfits? Goose? Is that a verb now? They're not (laughs) goosing me into anything. And it's not goose, Aneke. I would have like some, I'd have some doves because that's what Prince would want. And I'd have, I'd have some turtle doves, um, some parakeets, um, three French hens. 
Um, oh, we're getting Christmas style with it now. Christmas in April. Oh, wait. Don't forget your partridge. Oh, and definitely the partridge, because otherwise, what are we doing? It's it's May, my friend. <sighs> and okay, who can keep track? <laughs> These months just keep on coming. I just, I can't. November, March, whatever month you want it to be. I just count on the fingers of my little raccoon buddies. They keep me in check. See, why you got to bring up some scary shit like that? That's my fear. That is my fear. Oh my fear. God, I want some raccoon buddies so bad. No, I bet you do. You would look hella cute with some raccoon buddies. I'd look hella cute. And I'd look cute with my bird friends. Maybe they'd pull me on a trash can chariot. <laughs> trash Ella. <laughs> Ready for the ball. This is, I want to make this movie, by the way. Yeah. Anyways, uh, thank you all for listening. On that note, trash Alice. I don't want you, It's almost midnight. You're about to turn into a pumpkin. I mean, what do you turn into if, if, you, if you're already if trash? You're, where do you then turn into? Where do you go from there? Tell us in the corner, kids. What, what does trash Alice turn into? I think oh she just turns God. into like her regular self. She's like, there I am. I just get some money. That's what I just do. It's the reverse. Because, you know, you want to dress it down. You don't want to, like, you know, flaunt your... Slumming it. Yeah, she's dress, <laughs> dressing down, y'all. It's Friday. All right, enjoy. Oh Thank you God. all so much for listening. I know you have a lot of options yes. when you choose your podcast listening devices. Yeah, thanks for you, listening to us. You come... You keep coming back, and we love y'all. So right. thank you for listening. And spreading the word, too. We really appreciate the fact that you spread the word about Absolutely. us. Absolutely. So have a great week, y'all. Keep on keeping on. Do it up. See you later, Trashella. Bye. Kia! Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases. I ask them questions. They're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling... My dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a flobie, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman. I'm Barbara Gray. I'm Brandy Posey. And I'm Tess Barker. We're Lady to Lady. Do you want to sleep over in your ears? Is that a friend in your pocket or are you just podcast to see me? We're a portable hangout you can bring to the gym, on the subway, or on an oil rig. Seriously, we have listeners who do that. Show with us while we get high with Margaret Cho. Talk showgirls with Katya from Drag Race. And hear Broadway star Anthony Rapp sing Hamilton. I am not throwing away my shot. (laughs) I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. That's Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we.